With it being Pride Month, June, we thought it'd be appropriate to talk about the effects of pride on children, teens, and adults. And today, we're starting with the effects of the LGBT ideology on the individual, specifically today, the child. Uh, join us as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy, Jonathan Fiala, uh, sitting in the chair of economics here, right by the producer guy in the producer's seat. And then uh, we got Miss Nikki in the chair of theology. How are you? Good. How are you today? Doing well. Glad to Great. have you there. Dealing Good with the reason here. why we believe what we believe. Moving Back over to Chauncey. True. Howdy. In the chair of philosophy, I see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Glad to have you there, sir. And uh, Justin, how's it going? Uh, it's swimmingly. 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 Excellent. In the Can chair of culture. Swim? Or do you just I, I like do swim? Food? I mean, okay. I, 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 just see, but I, swim. I only doggy paddle. Oh, okay, that's okay. As long as you swim, very uh, sink. Very much a Princess Bride he reference floats. there. Really good movie. And then, of course, Mr. Steve, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good, buddy. And the Gonna be politics, politically incorrect on this one. Perfect. Wide, wide open on that one. Would have it no other way. So, first off, real quick, a quick disclaimer. We want to make sure that we know that, or let people know that we are coming at this from a position of love. Okay. This is a position of someone who sees, you wouldn't go to someone yes. who is committing self harm, who is cutting, for example. By the way, if you have kids in the room today, uh, this is an episode that you will want to excuse them from. Uh, if you see someone who's cutting, it is not merciful to tell this person who is scarring their arms or whatever it is and tell them that this is normal and that this is helpful and that this is beneficial. All that you are doing is you are destroying this person by saying this is healthy, this is normal. Instead, what we want to do is we want to come alongside and say, we love you and what we see here is destructive. And maybe, maybe there's a better way to go about this than simply making irreversible decisions and when you're dealing with children when you're dealing with children the effects are really really severe i actually want to start off by and people are going to say you're making this connection how dare you but i want to start off with a story you're going to find that on the firefox capture mr producer there um i want to start off with a story from uh make sure that you select the protect the young eyes it's the first first story protectyoungeyes.com and it's five way pornography destroys teens and so go ahead and bring that in and so go ahead and scroll down here but as we read this we're going to see five different ways that pornography damages children and again you might say what does this have to do with the lgbt community in naturally innately the movement has the the capacity and the drive to focus children on sex which in an internet age it will naturally drive them towards pornography okay and by the way i i should we should be using code words in here for youtube's sake but i i, I think we're all going to fail on that so <laughs> this this episode is going to get absolutely slammed um, that's that's okay but um for you code words but I'll try my best. You're going to have to also use the microphone a little bit, a little bit closer <laughs> there. You have to speak up. Closer? I, I thought you told me to get further away. No, 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 further from oh, this no, mic. Not you whisper like from that. this mic. No, 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 not, uh, not this mic, this mic. No, 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 okay. it's all good. So five ways. Uh, pornography harms the child's brain. And I really want to get uh, uh, Justin to weigh in in a moment on this. Harms the child's brain. Pornography harms the child's view of sex. Harms the child's view of people. Ha uh, harms the child's quality of life and causes children to harm other children. So, how pornography harms the brain. It changes the prefrontal cortex and the development of the prefrontal cor cortex, which is basically, if you want to think of it this way, it is your decision-making process for inhibiting desires, right? For, for, for regulating and modulating behavior. And it actively affects that. It destroys your ability to focus attention. It destroys your ability to uh, predict and anticipate consequences. It hurts impulse control across the board. So I want to start off with 
pornography is dangerous, but then we're going to walk into what they have in schools. And I don't want to get to that yet. I don't want to get to that yet. I want us to, to kind of ease in, but starting off with Justin, I, I, I know I'm kind of going across and then I'm going to come around here and work our way around. But Justin, you, you have some experience with counseling. Share a little bit about how this affects kids. Um, it affects, uh, so their brain is developing, right? And so because of that, anything that you're putting in, they are trusting is good for their development. Okay? So therefore, when we're putting in pornography, when they see pornography, when they see somebody they trust watching pornography or talking about it, right? They inherently, that goes into their development. It becomes part of who they are. Now, counseling is a lot of taking out parts of who you are and being like, hey, this is not who you are. Let's dump it. So, you know, ideally, no. You know, it shouldn't have that big of an effect because people, as adults, we can determine, hey, that I'm not going to make that who I am. Kids don't have that yet. And I've worked with children who haven't had that, who say things that I'm like, there is no way on earth you should know that, right? There is no way that that's a conversation we should be having, but they do know it. They have felt these things. And to see a kid be developed that way and think that way just in conversations, you know, some of the little comments that us as adults will make to each other in conversations, having kids make those same comments, you go, uh, mm, how did your brain develop in a way to be able to just make that comment? You know, and so then it takes a lot of counseling to be like, hey, that's not who you are. Hey, that's not what you need to think. And changing the way they think takes a lot harder and a lot longer because it's now part of who they are. Because they don't have the way to filter out, I shouldn't include that in who I am from the start. Well, and I think that's really interesting because you're you're ultimately pointing to the susceptibility and the, uh, what's the right word? The neuroplasticity that children have, the impressionability that they have. And at that early age, when you start to, we should be doing moral values. We should be instilling moral values in a child. We should be talking about right and wrong. We should be talking about things that they can, concepts that they can grasp at this elementary level. Instead, what we're talking about is uh, in-depth discussions about how to commit sexual acts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, you look at how schools are broken up. Schools are broken up into grades and at different grades, you teach different things. You know, now back in my day, we didn't learn, you know, sex ed until fifth grade. Okay. And that was because that's when it was determined that someone is developed enough that they need to start learning this. That keeps sliding back and back and back further for absolutely no reason than somebody wants it taught earlier because they feel like it. Let me just add to that. Um, also fifth grade, it was where girls were starting to develop and, and, turn into little girls with monthly periods. But also they did that because they were finding that children were becoming more uh, sexually active at younger ages. So they introduced that in fifth grade to try to help prevent, from my understanding, uh, pregnancy and things later on because they were accepting that children were becoming more sexually active younger. Fifth in grade? Man, fifth grade. Not fifth yeah. grade. I don't think it was that they were, were accepting it in fifth grade. But that's when a young girl is going to start developing and a young boy is starting to develop. And there was also, they were, they were acknowledging the sexual activity in older kids. And I think that was an introduction uh, yeah. to show them how to handle. That's still right? elementary school. And that's, it is. But that's yeah. the way you do it is you start in fifth grade with this is your body. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't start talking about, okay, this is what you do to someone else's body. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, this is your body. Yes. And then yeah. as they get older, you talk about what happens more and more. When I was in school, you didn't, you didn't have any conversations about it in elementary school. You didn't even have conversations about it when you were in junior. Well, well back in the day when they did start it in fifth and sixth grade and they, they talk about where babies came from. It was very, very different than today it was in a very um 
in a manner in which it was presented um not in an embarrassing situation yeah. and mm-hmm. they would separate the girls and the boys girls mm-hmm. would be with the girls teacher boys would be with the boy teachers and they right. would go over and go through like hey this is your body these are mm-hmm. the parts of your body these are the parts that nobody else should touch right this is what you know this is these are the urges you're gonna have they're normal know that this is normal don't freak out but these are things you don't share right it had this sense of privacy because you are you know even just separated by gender just by separating by gender there's this sense of oh yeah this is not for my friend that's a girl for tonight to talk about this is not right. for me and my mom to talk about. This and is I, dad and I. And he, what he's saying is it was information to protect, not information to exploit. And and that's what we want to do with kids. We want to give them the information to protect. But what we're seeing now, and when John Arthur, you know, when we dig into this and we see what's being shown, we're going to find that what we're doing isn't protecting anymore. It's right. informed them of everything up front and let them make the decisions. Guess what? Right. Ladies and gentlemen, break your brains here. They're not old enough to make decisions. That's right. Well, I agree with you on that. But, but isn't that part of the predatory nature of how our culture is is setting this up, where they say that children are old enough to consent to their sexuality, but they're also going to be old enough once we do that so that they can consent to sex? Yeah, and and that, and that's, that's the, what it's coming to, and that's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, it's predatory in nature. You all have any brothers and sisters? I have an older brother. Okay, when you were younger, did you want to be like your older brother? No, I'll be honest with you, no. So ignoring Chauncey. You know, a lot of times you look at the older kids and you're like, ah, I want to be the older kid. They're doing this, so I should do this too. Well, there's that. Right. I want to be in his position to be older, to have more privileges or whatever. But yeah, to understand those privileges and what it came with, the pros and the cons, that was not taught to me, so. Right. And so what we're showing kids is if we start going, well, this is what you can do when you're older. What's a kid going to do? Their first thoughts going to be, well, I want to be older now. That's correct. So I should be doing that now because that's going to make me feel older. So that's, you know, chair of culture here. That's the kid's culture. How often do we tell kids don't grow up so fast? Don't be in a rush to grow up. Right. But, you know. But instead, what what we're doing is is we're telling them that they need to make these decisions, and and, and you know when when I was young, and, and so this is something for for the parents. Your your child is never too young to approach them about pornography. They're never too young to approach them about sex. And what I mean by that is at three and four years old, what my parents did is they said, John Arthur, if someone ever comes to you and they want to undress you. Or they want to see your your private parts, or if they start to undress themselves, run, run to mom and dad, and there's no shame. Whatever they do, whatever they say, there's no shame. Your child is never too young to approach them with that. But instead of that, we're showing kids how to stick their tongue in places that shouldn't be stuck in. And and and, and so again, if there's kids listening, you shouldn't be listening. I, I really debated blurring out in fact i had blurred out images of what they showed in the books that fourth graders can pick up yep. of of forgive me in a link you know fellatio like that sort of stuff where it's it's in it's it's in hardcore porn link in the description below by the way it, don't believe me it's hardcore pornography right? it is yeah. and what's interesting is is about it uh john arthur is is you know I looked at some of these images and I was like, my land, you know. Did you even know the, that people did some of that stuff? It's like, I oh had no gosh. idea that this. this I had no idea. I, I learned and, so much. And, and the thing is, is that what they do is they, they draw it like it's a comic book, but it is nothing but hardcore porn drawn like it's a comic book. Yeah. And they make it look like that it's okay to do even with an adult or whatever age you are and it's like ah lands 
this is being given to fourth graders, third graders, second graders. You have got to be kidding me. So, and they're saying it's okay to do this with whoever, whatever person, and it's okay to do it with adults. You got to go. You got to be kidding me. So, I, you know, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm going to be cool about this. Yes. No, I mean, I'm I'm listening to us, and we have a lot of our opinions, and, and, you know, there's some studies behind this on the development of children's brains and things like that, um, but it's not just us. I mean, UNICEF themselves have been like, hey, we need to protect children from pornography, and right. they have released multiple things on how to protect your kids from pornography. This is why we need to protect kids from pornography, and that's a worldwide organization. Right. right? Yeah. That's this isn't just something that, oh, those Christian podcasters and their high morals. No, guys, this is, you know, cultural, you know, organizations are like this is not safe for children. Well, unless it's LGBTQIA2 plus. Yes. And, and and that's really the the issue is when you had people like DeSantis in Florida going after the the distribution of these books. And and by the way, I want you to pull those up. That's the second cue on that, uh, Mr. Producer. Uh, it's going to be the uh, uh, the one on FL.gov, Governor Ron DeSantis bans book hoax. Okay, so get that ready on the Firefox capture, if you will. But I want to look at some of these books. And what we're going to do is we're going to describe them. I'm not going to show them because I really thought about this and I want you to be horrified. So look in the description down below. It is linked. It's there. And what you're seeing is, uh, and, and I'm going to describe this. I'm, 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 I'm going to use, I'm, I'm going to try to use the uh, code words here. We have, uh, uh, 10 year old boys forcing each other to drink each other's Don't milk. milk. Yeah. And and, man, and this, this is sexual assault, right? This is sexual assault that they're they're, they're doing. They have a, a woman who a young woman, a ten year old who wants to be a man, fantasizing about what she's not, and using a uh, false appendage to have relationships with another woman, and they're showing like, like it's it's in graphic, gory detail. To the point where I said, I, I can't keep looking at this. This is hurting me. And, and as a, you know, look, I know Boohoo, 28 year old virgin here who didn't do porn, but I'm looking at this stuff and I'm saying, this is astounding. This is stuff that I will not forget. And I'm just reading it just to blur it out for a podcast. I can't even put it on the podcast. It's, it's so gross. Yes. It's so gross. So go ahead and pull that up, Ryan. Uh, and scroll on down for me, if you would. You're going to look at, there's going to be a couple of different uh, uh, books on there. And one of those that we've already talked about was Flamer. It's the one where you have 12-year-old uh, boys assaulting each other, making each other drink fluids that should not be drank. Okay. Uh, uh, a, a genderqueer, a, mem a memoir. And, and so scroll on down. You're going to see uh, myth. In fact, Florida is banning children's books about Hank Aaron and Robert Clement. Um, so, and if you can highlight those for me, gender queer flamer, this book is gay. Let's talk about it. This book is gay. Uh, literally has a instructional how to, this was not what you and I were given for sex ed, right? This is not what you were given for sex ed. Whereas an instructional how no. to. No, this would have been illegal mm. and the people would have been arrested. Thanks. Yeah. There, there's, there's no excuse for this. Let's talk about it. Is, is showing children how to stimulate themselves. And again, okay, thank you, Mr. Producer. Go ahead and come back to a wide shot here. But what we're seeing is causing permanent damage and the earlier the exposure and, and okay link in the description down below you want to go look at it we've got multiple sites that that explain this and there's actually some really good scholarly articles that they've linked to and that they've cited uh but early exposure at childhood will make you seek out more and more deviant mm -hmm. oh material 100 percent. Mm -hmm. i mean it kids because what kids see is oh that makes someone happy that will make me happy. I'm going to chase the happy. 
And then all of a sudden that happy isn't happy enough as you get older. And so you seek different happy and weirder happy. And, you know, and you start looking for other happies. Um, you know, it, it's just the way kids work and grow. Let me ask the two married folks in the room who've been happily married for decades. Okay. When you have an intimate... <laughs> Justin's like, not you, Miss Nikki and Mr. Steve, when I'll start with Miss Nikki, I want, I, want to, I want to get your thoughts next. When you have a good marriage, one that is founded on love, the, the purpose of the pleasure of, of sexuality is to drive two people closer together. And how does that how, how does pornography take away from that not only cheapen it but but actually rob you of of some of the the beauty that could have been had well the greatest lie that's being promoted is that this is a physical pleasure where in a marital relationship there's more involved than the physical so for you to be focused only on the appetite and the appetite of sex and the pleasure that you get from Sex is robbing you of developing the relational part of it. And I'm going to just really say it's going to be the relational part is going to be 50 to 75% more than the physical. So when you're introducing um, these appetites, and I'm going to say appetites to young children because a child left to themselves without being exposed is not going to think down these lines. So there's going to become the less satisfaction because you're focused on an appetite and you're looking for gratification and pretty soon you get bored. And then what he just talked about, it's going to get, you're going to look for more weirder, weirder things, but you never find the satisfaction, the, the contentment and what you're being robbed of is the relationship between two people in the marital, the marital bed. Let me just say it that way. Yeah. But doesn't that play really well to, the agenda of breaking down the nuclear Western Judeo-Christian family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, and, and, and Justin said it very well, you are technically corrupting the mind of an innocent child. Children are, and, and you're robbing them of their security. You're robbing them of their self-confidence. You are, you're just robbing them of being able to, enjoy a quality life and again it's all for the agenda because when you have a populace that does not have a, okay i'm coming from the economic chair here for just for a moment when you have a populace that is devalued the humanity is gone they've soaked that away there's no value in the family right no, so so why why would we why would we want to get married? Why would we want to have children? And this populace is easier to control. And that's what's kind of going on right now. There's a guy uh, who's in the red pill movement right now. His name is, uh, I think it's Rolo Tomasi, whoever his name is. Yes. And this is what I used to push for. So I know all this stuff that's going on right now. So technically right now, he had a post and this went viral amongst in that community. Well, he was talking about a high value man. If you want to uh, technically get to that status quo that he's teaching young men, young boys to get vasectomies. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you guys not on his post. He said, get a vasectomy, uh, you know, just, just work out, do X, Y, Z. And I'm just like, but that doesn't make you high value whatsoever. I'm like, no, not at all. It's like, really? Well, actually, it, it takes away value from. So, for example, the, the type of woman that I would like to marry mm -hmm. wants to be. I want to marry a woman who wants to be in the business of building humans. You know, where our, our our objective is to build baby Christians that grow into strong humans that 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 change the world. Try to make some Amorites, and that's, that's why. <laughs> Into application, yeah. I'm more Berean, but what you're doing exactly what you're what you're losing when you go and you have a vasectomy is your ability to have a legacy 
Exactly. The most important legacy you can have is have children. And, see, and see, that's the thing, too, is that they're not even trying to teach uh, the, the, the dangers of having this vasectomy, right? It's like this. It's like um, the doctors, they don't tell them, like, hey, uh, you go with this procedure. There's a 50% chance that you're not going to be able to reduce anymore once you try to reverse it again, especially if you leave it alone for a certain period of time. So this guy's teaching these young boys to get this already in their early, yeah. I'm talking in their early 20s. I'm like, That's you want a legacy. You want a legacy and you're going to get this in your yes. early 20s. I can understand you like in your 30s, 40s, 50s. All right, cool. But yeah. you're in your early 20s. And your drive is up here. Your sex drive is up here and everything. I, that's not the best way to do about it. Sorry. No. Well, the best thing to do is to is to settle down and, and have that intimate relationship and that family. And Mr. Steve, I wanted to come around to you. Mm -hmm. And and so when you have this this society that is desiring children to to change what's natural and the, you're putting the cart way before the horse here. As, as a man who's who's had a really good marriage and 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 I'm sure you might want to share more on, on 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 your married life what are they taking away from these kids when they when they do that well when they expose you know, them just to kind of start off uh, my wife and I raised six seven seven, seven. kids wow okay that's a lot seven kids. Five boys and two girls. And they all survived? <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that did survive was all the food those kids ate. My land. Goodness gracious. Back then, I'm glad food was fairly cheap. <laughs> Five boys. But, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not kidding once they turned uh, teenagers. But... What ends up happening in your, like um, Nikki was talking about, in a relationship, if you get into that stuff, it cheapens your relationship. It cheapens your sexual desire for your, your, uh, your spouse. And it turns into something where you have something, you need more, you need more, you need more, you need more. And it's not doesn't come from your spouse it comes from something else that you can't get and what ends up happening is is it ends up spreading to where let's say you end up having children mm -mm. okay so what happens then your idea of it and you having this addiction to porn, it comes to where, okay, maybe you abuse your child. Maybe your idea is that once your children get to a certain age, it's okay to let them do it because your idea of it is, hey, it's okay. And you let them do it at a certain age which is way too young, like maybe first grade or something. And it's like, hey, you know, they're, you know, it, it comes, it's so easy to get it on the internet. I mean, how easy is it? You know, I mean, everybody's handing a phone off to a kid and they can just pull whatever up. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're pulling up porn on your phone that you had you know, been watching on and all of a sudden they're watching it because it's some something that they pulled up on your phone and they're getting into it and you don't even know about it and they're watching it on your phone. I mean, and then all of a sudden their idea of it is messed up and it creates ideas like you had talked about in the frontal cortex where these ideas of sex and relationships really get messed up. And then let's say they end up having problems like, let's say, like I do with epilepsy. My frontal cortex area is messed up because of the type of epilepsy I have. 
and then you got all of these other problems that go along with it, man, you could really have some messed up problems. 100%. Yeah. So, and 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 I think I think the main point that 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 you're driving at is not necessarily that that it could cause epilepsy, but more importantly, when you yeah. have damage to that prefrontal cortex, when your ability to to have inhibitions is eroded by right. by chronic uh, dopamine stimulation, where you are self-stimulating. And that's why, you know, the, 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 there's literally one of those books was on um, how to, how, how how to self-stimulate. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be careful how, how I use these words. But again, if, if there's kids in the room, not the show for that. These kids, what? I just said well, leave. Uh, you know, leave like, but the problem I have with leave the now. type of epilepsy that I have, it reduces these types of things, the, the dopamine, the serotonin and stuff that goes mm. on in my, in my brain. So what are these kids going to do? They're going to get into this even more to get to this rush because of what they were doing before. And, and getting this rush of this, so they're going to do it more to get this higher rush of it. So I want to get to Justin, but I, I want to add to that. That's one thing that I've heard some couples say. And one, one couple said it this way. They said, kind of like drugs, you're always chasing the first high, but it's not destructive like drugs. Instead, you are building a better relationship. If, if you have a beautiful first night with your, with your spouse, you are constantly pursuing a better and a better relationship. Whereas with pornography, you're constantly descending into further depths and it's actually isolating you from people. There have also been, yep. you know, studies show when you talk about the dopamine and how you're not releasing it and, you know, or at least as well or getting as well. There have been studies that show that kids who do, you know, see pornography early also have that issue later in life where the dopamine doesn't affect them the same way or doesn't release or be created as fast. So it's not just a, a change in personality or a personal change. It is a chem brain chemistry change that occurs. Mm -hmm. 100%. Right. So, so That's exactly right. I want to move a little bit further into, so we were really looking for studies on the deleterious nature of of the LGBT uh, uh, teaching in school and how that has directly affected the depression rates, which have skyrocketed in the last five years. But the problem is, every single study that we looked at was pro LGBT. Mm -hmm. It was like it was hardcore, and, and it wasn't it wasn't that it's good because of X, Y, and Z uh, factual database stats and and good information. It was passing notes over there. Passing notes here. Okay, I'm going to have to read this one for a second. To you. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll see if I can uh, send it over to Ryan. But real quick, what we did find, though, what we did find is not only is depression rate up, but we also know that there are two, there, there's one group that is disproportionately absolutely affected more so than any other group in America. You slaves in the 1800s did not suffer the way that LGBT people suffer. Jews in the Holocaust did not suffer the way that LGBT people suffer as far as from uh, suicidal ideation, as far as uh, uh, just general depression, self-worth, value. Slavery does not do that to people. The Holocaust and the Japanese and the internment camps, those people, by the way, by the way, all, all leftist Democrats, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, even, mm -hmm. even, even with the Nazis, I'm just saying they were inspired by uh, the left in America. Mm -hmm. But throwing it out there, just while we're putting points on the board, uh, but, <laughs> but what you see, what you see is a, is a group of people who were chronically, chronically being harmed. So I want you to pull up, Mr. Producer, the uh, VUMC reporter study on the LGBTQ. Notice the there's no T. The redaction of the T. Right. I'm talking about. I noticed that right off. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and capture that real quick. 
Uh, go ahead and let's look at that. So study finds LGBTQ people report higher rates. Just follow along with me as we go, Mr. Producer. Uh, uh, higher rates of adverse childhood experiences than straight people. Worse mental health as adults. Now, there is a question. There is a question if abuse causes the LGBTQ phenomenon. And by the way, it, it, a lot of people come out and said, no, it didn't. They felt it before. No, no, no. You, if you are being harmed because you have been exposed to something or you're exposed to something and then you're harmed because you're constantly opening yourself up to it, it's a chicken or egg thing, but it doesn't matter. It, the fact of the matter is, is you, you look here, you're looking at roughly a doubling in the LGBTQ, uh, uh, sex, uh, section of the population, cross section of the population, uh, in suicidality. And part of the issue with that, too, is then you go look at all these studies that talk about, you know, should we be teaching this to kids? And they go, oh, yeah, this totally lowered the suicide and depression rate, you know, because it's lowering it for the LGBTQ kids. Well, yeah, because we now have a lot more LGBTQ kids, but there are no studies done to show how it affects the straight and cisgender kids. There are none. It's all focused on the LGBTQ kids. And, and what? they have a higher rate of suicide and depression. So saying, yeah, we teach it and it lowers that. Great. Let's teach what about not bullying them. Uh, Let's teach about loving them. But we don't need to affirm or teach the kids how to be them or how to have sex like them. I, I got this question. Why, why is this? Th why, why are we calling straight or heterosexual people cisgender i mean what is, is the deal it's with a pejorative i don't get why we're doing that I, I don't you know like you just it's a, a scientific I, term you just need a term you know I, you know this is not a scientific term and heterosexual is a scientific term yeah that's yeah. the scientific term yeah that's this that's that's a made-up term well, and I, I find it offensive because you're 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 labeling men and women as something other than what they are. It's not exactly. it's not cis, it's not a cisgendered man. It's mm -hmm. a man. It's not a cisgendered woman. It's a woman. woman. And unfortunately, all of that has come under under fire. And uh, uh, those are trans. I, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. I didn't mean. I didn't. You know. Go ahead. But the thing is, is these are the the terms that came up with these LGBT people, the the squeaky wheel people, they come up with these terms, and what is it? Everybody's gonna is using them. Why why are we using these terms that these people came up with? Well, How come we don't aren't using that? This is my political stance here on this. Why aren't we using the standard terms we've used for years? Well, well, well that's because they want us to uh, get away from that stuff and go into the new stuff. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's, that's all it is because it's like there's that there's that scripture. It goes into what Ecclesiastes one nine where it says that will be done. That is, and there's nothing new underneath the sun. So they're going to come up with something new technically, but it's still underneath the same premises of that. Right. And that's all it is. It's like, oh, we're going into the new time, so now we're going to call this this and call this that. Well, yes. what, yeah. what they're doing is, is they're they're winning the linguistic territory, and we're ceding it to them. And this yeah. is something that Jordan Peterson really had a problem with. This is what got him famous, as he said, no, I don't have a problem with calling you uh, she or her. What I have a problem with is you telling me that I must, telling me that I absolutely have to under threat of duress by government. And, 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 and just that, just that, where he even ceded the ideological, mm -hmm. but he just said, I will not cede the linguistic. I will not I just give you just that little bit. And this is where I think I'm going to disagree with all y'all. I think we need a term for it because society changes. Cis comes from Latin, meaning on the side, trans means on the other side. 
right? You could change it and just say original oh. gender person. Yeah, oh. but I think, I think I, I have to, I have to, you, I have you to could say original gender person. You could say biological person. So, so why is but it? You're, you're making an assumption and, and Steve, because of our age, you're making an assumption that everybody sees it your way with the new generation. They're, they're hooked into the terms. And so the introduction, uh, the, the word, the word cis is, is bringing it back to normal. So the younger generation is being introduced to all these new terms and they think, Oh, we're being enlightened and we're being enlightened. And so when they introduce the, what it actually means, it's, it's actually bringing it back to what is normal. So, but, but, but hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Biological male and biological female is. You want to say that every time you want to talk about someone? Cisgendered, cisgendered male, cisgendered woman. It's very, very close. It's very, very close. I'm still going to say biological male and Here, biological woman. Here's coming back to the Jordan Peterson term. I'm being told I have to say this because why? It is a new cultural thing. Full corn. I don't have to say anything. I'm going to say it the way it really is. And that's the way it is. I'm not going to be told right. I've got to say anything. I don't have to do anything. Right down the time there, Mr. Producer. I want uh, I want bullcorn on the soundboard immediately. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know how spicy we want to get on this podcast. Okay. Um, so maybe another day, Steve, you and I can go back and forth on this because I still think and we might just have to agree to disagree on this. But point. this is a whole the, this is a whole uh, theological thing because you just gave the definitions of cis and, and trans, and somebody was in their house in the attic or in the basement came up with these things. Is like, oh yeah, I got a great idea. Let's come up with this, and then let's put it out there. They didn't come up with that's not coming up. That's no. the way words work. So take the Latin word. So. What, no, 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 but no. What, 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 what Chauncey's saying, what, what I think Chauncey's saying, and what I, what I want to hear from Chauncey is, if I, if I understand you correct, the synthesis of what you just said, you're saying someone has unilaterally decided that now everyone has to change the language from mm. biological male and female to cis, cis or trans or straight or gay. And, and what you're saying is, is that there are some words that mean something. There are some words that they're bringing out. You don't want to see the territory for the very sake of if I give you this much, I'm right. validating the point. Is that right. what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. It, it's I, like I, I'll go there. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what I'm saying because it's like th the words are already out there. Is this right? You know, nobody's using these words, and then it's like I want to be the cool guy that says the word that no one's saying. So let me just put, let me just come out with this, and then bam, and now everybody's rocking on that train. That's literally how it so works. So why can't I call mm. you the N-word? <laughs> Somebody decided that I couldn't and I have to call you black or I have to call you African-American. Well, that's, that's a good point. Well, now you got to get that black card but, first. But, but. So, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 man, man, because you, you actually just hit the nail on the head because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, if I don't say sis or I don't say a woman is a woman, if a woman thinks the woman is a woman, even if it's a man. I am also subject to the same thing as, say, the N-word, right? Okay? And, and part of that culture, part of that culture is the same culture. I'm, I'm sorry. I have no desire to use the N-word, but I also don't think that words like that should have the ability to absolutely destroy your life. And, 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 and so here's the question is, it's not the word, it's the idea yeah. And what idea are you carrying behind that word? And that's why that's why the N word has gotten such a such a terrible rap on it because it was a terrible word that was used well, in slavery. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get controversial on this because um, I even tell uh, the Negro community to stop even using this because if you're gonna say that, um, yeah, this camera here, yeah, you, the viewer, <laughs> listener. The listeners, you can't see my face, but to the viewer, this is at you. If you're black and you're blasting music that says the N-word and you don't like other people saying the N-word, quit listening to that music and get away from that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because nine times out of the ten, what's going to happen is you're blasting this music. 
you put one of your white counterparts, Hispanic counterparts, Asian counterparts in your car. It's like that scene in White Chicks where it's like, oh, they singing along in the car or whatever. And they say the N word. It's like, we can't say that. And then he goes, so nobody's around. And guess what they start doing? Saying the N word. Now they're saying it in their own households and everything like that. And now everybody's saying the N word. So now that's how that word got out there because you cooled it, you excused it. Okay. That right there, that right there is what I want to say. When you start to use the word, you adopt. You adopt the ideology behind the word. That's that's that is the that is the the counter argument that I think is interesting. You don't have to agree, and I don't. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna grab you by the arm. But so this this conversation and pull us back to where we were. Let's talk about children. Talking about pornography on children and get away from race. I think so. We can run, we can that, run that gap. But, but that stuff has actually creeped into. But like, you know something? Sadly, though, I agree. Made with it you. And the thing is, though, it that just doesn't apply to uh, black folks. It can apply to any. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And so we've got to apply to you. It could apply to a Hispanic person, an Asian person. It could mm -hmm. apply to any. Exactly, uh, and that's where I was going with that term. That it's like, is a definition. That's everywhere now. So yeah. now you can't even go on, uh, like PBS. I seen this uh, clip that was like, uh, <laughs> it was like these two dudes, and they was dressed all feminine, of course, with dresses and skirts on. And then there's Elmo, like, <laughs> he, like he's doing his laugh yeah. usual, and then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then and then they're pushing this right. ideology of the LGBT right. stuff on the kids, and it's like this is on television, so, right? So let's let's yeah. go ahead and pu pull it back in. Let's pull it back in, like Mr. Sipsick, because we're, we're we're actually at time, right? Uh, we're almost at time. So pull up that last that last story, if you would, Mr. Producer, about the disparities in childhood abuse between the transgender and the uh, uh, cisgender adult adolescents is what it's called. Okay. Whatever there for you. Okay. So because it's a scholarly article, but <laughs> but what they found, yeah. what they found is that 73% of transgendered uh, adolescents reported psychological abuse, 39% reported physical abuse, 19% reported sexual abuse. So one of the things that we've saw is that this number has changed. This number has changed. It went from in the 90s, it was 90%, 80-something, 90% had suffered from abuse. But what you've seen with the population is it has quadrupled since the Gen X generation. And uh, part of that is the social contagion that um, my Lisa Littman, Dr. Lisa Littman at Brown, she got fired. Go ahead and bring us back, Mr. Producer, into the room. Uh, Dr. Lisa Littman was fired over at Brown for even suggesting in a study that that there's a social contagion aspect to the LGBT movement, where it's gone from primarily being young boys who are effeminate and they feel emasculated, and so they want to be a woman. Now you have girls who see this as an option and they're told this by an op as an option by the way uh there are story after story of detransitioners some of the most famous ones you, you were you were just mentioning one of them her name escapes me off the tip of my tongue but I'll, I'll see if i can pull her up real quick there are story after story of young ladies who are told online no you are trans that is why you feel this way and that's why you're you're having these feelings and uh, let's see, I'm actually pulling one of these up right now, see if I can find her name. One of these young ladies is actually suing because here's the, here's the story. She got fully transitioned as a 14 or 15-year-old with uh -huh. two psychiatrist appointments. With two psychiatrist appointments. That's all it took. And so we're going to talk about those stories next week. Because I got stories now. Because it, it's a lot. You have something you want to share now? No, no, no. I got. No, I got stories, stories. for that. Yeah, yeah. I got stories for next week. Like I said, I've done some counseling, and I've watched some of them. And you know, maybe this speaks to how bad my counseling is. Uh, <laughs> but you know, well, I've watched some of them transition, and it's, and I can see the links between 
a lot of that. So that will be good next week because I do have personal experience in seeing a lot of that. As long as your counsel is in good faith. That's all it is. I, it, I yeah. saw... So Chloe, Chloe Cole was was one of those names. Chloe Cole was one of those names, one of the most famous ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's hitting back, Steve? Yeah, I, I, before we came in, I, I was watching a video of a young gal that transitioned, and and, and this is really bizarre, um, and was claiming to be an alpha male. And I'm like... <laughs> Huh? I'm trying to laugh. How does a female that's transitioned claim to be an alpha male? And I'm like, what? You, you got to be kidding me. Well, again, well, what, it really? has to, what it has to do with, what it has to do with is either, it, they used to do psychology on this, and it was actually very interesting. And so there were two opinions given. There was one opinion given <laughs> that it is the girl did not have a father figure so she that, that she respected and that actually right. took it up and she, uh-huh. so she had so she had to become that in her mind or or she uh uh couldn't identify with her mother because of the way her mother treated her father so that she did not want to ever be that person my so, question uh, did she have any like siblings, like as far as brothers, anything like it that? It didn't say anything about that, and uh, all it was was just a picture of her uh, standing there topless, and you know, trying to show off that she had some muscles, and uh, talking about how alpha male she was. And I'm like, what? Are you, are Bring you it. kidding me? Bring, Bring it next it. week. For now, and for now, we got to wrap this one up. And that is the thing about what politics does on breaking up the nuclear family and getting the father out of the house, and that's the sort of things that occur, just like you were talking about, John Arthur. And and you see that it's been implemented by the government. So, starting off with Miss Nikki, uh, final thoughts for the day from the chair of theology. What are your thoughts on? how the LGBT movement is affecting children and what should we be doing as a, as a Christian body? Well, it really is up to uh, the parents of protecting their children and what you allow them to be exposed to who you allow them to expose. Um, And even in their education, you better be aware of what's going on at school. You need to be actively involved in the life of your child. Mm -hmm. You need to be an active prayer warrior because there are times you're not going to be able to protect your child physically. So you pray over them for God to protect them. Yeah. But you, it is really the responsibility of the parent to provide a safe, secure environment for the child. Amen, Amen. on that. Amen. So we need to step up as a church family and we need to make sure that and, we're providing. And let me just add this to concept. our, because this is very important. I'm sure this must be very hard for a lot of law enforcement because a lot of times when children are being victimized, the predator will show them pornography and it talks to them like they're introducing pornography so that getting the child to go down that road. So I'm sure, I mean, this has been done for many, many years. So I'm sure this is a real big struggle for some law enforcement seeing that this, this type of thing is being promoted in, in elementary school. Absolutely. Chauncey. Final thoughts. This is scripture. There's, I just want to go to, this is in first Thessalonians uh, chapter five, verses 21 and 22. It says, test all things. Let me slow that down. Test all things, please. You know what she's saying? Get involved in your, 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 your kids school system, get involved in what they're learning and see if it sounds right. Because if it don't sound right, nah. Hold fast to what is good. So there's that. 22, abstain from every form of evil. So explain this part. They may put it out into the light. It's like, oh, this is all good or whatever. But if there is no Jesus in that, there's no God in that, especially if the Holy Spirit ain't got none with that, then... You need to do this every single time. 
Because what happens when, remember, we, we as an infamous saying we all say here, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. And so when you're giving yourself to this idleness, what it leads to, it leads to stuff that we're having to talk about today. Because it started from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Started from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So abstain from every form of evil, guys. I don't care what it is. Abstain from it. Just get away from it. Amen. Moving over to Justin. Uh, so yeah, chair of culture. I mean, the podcast name is further every day, and you know our culture is taking that step further every day. And you know, this is just a step too far. I get having some tolerance. I get you. Know, you can't judge everyone on the Christian values if they're not Christian. I get that. And I love these people. I do not have to affirm the sin. And taking this step affirms that sin, no matter how hard culture pushes. And I was thinking about the whole cisgender argument we were having. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think maybe that's me compromising and taking that step further. Maybe I shouldn't be. Right? Maybe that, you know, perhaps I am wrong on, on that topic. And I'm big enough willing to admit it if I am. Um, but... You know, this is not a step. This is a clear step showing pornography in books that we're going to show to children. Give them Fifty Shades of Grey at that point. You might as well. Give them the movie, too. That's, well, it's you too great for them. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's those steps that we need to not compromise on. And we need to tell culture, no, stop. Agreed. There's no gray in the rainbow. But you're oh, correct. Moving <laughs> <laughs> over. I, I, I think that, you know, with the politics of, of now today, uh, you have to really pay attention. You need to go to your school board meetings, see the books that are being put out in your schools, and look at them. Pay attention to what goes on in your libraries because. These books are being put out. They're being put into your libraries. They're being given out to children in the schools, and they're being pushed. And your children are being, they're not just being taught, but they're being indoctrinated into these things that children are do not need to be exposed to. And it is the wrong type of learning which is pornography at such a young age and it will destroy their minds in the chair of economics just wrapping up for the day when you have a society that has devalued the individual's most important connection the connection to their family the connection to that other spouse that connection has a direct relationship to our understanding of Christ sacrificing himself for us. The man's love is supposed to be self-sacrificial. Is it always? <laughs> That's what it's supposed to be. And whenever you damage a child's understanding of that relationship, you are coming for one of the most precious things that God has ordained. And it is meant to devalue the individual. It is meant to change who we are and take away the power that Christ has given you. We need to remember that we are fighting a war, not of flesh and blood, but against powers and against principalities. These people who take the LGBT banner uh, and fly it over their heads. They're not our enemies. They are captives of war. Mm -hmm. It is Satan and the demons of hell that we fight. It is a spiritual battle. We're fighting a war of ideas. And make sure there are times where if you're in a debate on a public stage in front of people, you need to take down the idea and the ideology and the person who is foisting that upon children. That's There's a time for that. Mm -hmm. But also remember that whenever you're dealing with someone who is broken, come to them as Jesus did. Jesus dealt with the Pharisees as a group. And then he dealt with them as individuals in their own home. He dealt with the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. He dealt with Mary Magdalene. 
dealt with each of these people who were filthy sinners, as much as any of us in this room are. And he came to each one of us and he dealt with us in love. Make sure that when you are talking to someone, you deal, you deal with them as Jesus did. You can deal with the corporate ID, identity one way, but you can deal with the individual in an entirely different way. With that said, if you like this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all of those good things. Uh, we are really, really close to 200,000 downloads at the 101st episode. Yes. Uh, also, God. if you didn't like the podcast, like, follow, subscribe. Anyways, so that you can so that you can rage view. Yeah, yeah, I mean, rage view us. Rage view. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, if you didn't like it, just smash that dislike button twice if you do. Uh, with that said, we love you all so much. Bye bye. Okay, if you're still here, if you're still here, you are a super listener or you're asleep. That's okay. Uh, going around the room. This is a this is a rough episode. Let's do favorite fast food joint. Favorite fast food joint. Think fast. Dairy Queen. Uh, Freddy's. Chick-fil-A. Used to be Whataburger until it was sold to a Chicago place. <laughs> yeah, they changed a lot. Yeah, they kind of did. And now, I guess, uh, probably Chick-fil-A. In and really? out, baby. In and out. Uh, <gasps> Are you from California? I'm not. I'm from Jay? Texas, but I love Bro. it. Dude, yeah. you're, not, you're not ordering it right. Tell us down in the comment section below that Chauncey and Justin are wrong. And tell us your favorite uh, fast food joint. We love you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.